This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Kim Strassel joins us now. She is the author of The Intimidation Game, How the Left is Silencing Free Speech, and she is also a columnist at the Wall Street Journal, where she's a member of the journal's editorial board. Kim, great to have you. Hi, Buck. So nice to be here. Uh, Kim, I'm in, I'm in flu recovery still, so I'm going to need you to, uh, to bring everybody up to speed a little bit on a couple of things I haven't even been able to touch on much this week. First off, <laughs> from what we know, yeah, I've, I've been out for the last few days. Uh, so from what sorry. we know about the uh, oh thank you um, uh, the travel the travel ban even called by some in the media a Muslim ban, what turned out to be true and what turned out to be hyperbole with that and where where do you see that that whole thing going? So first of all, it's hyperbole to suggest that this is unprecedented uh, or in any way unconstitutional. Uh, President Obama, back in a couple of years ago, did his own six-month ban, as it were, or at least a severe slowdown of refugees from Iraq following some concerns about a potential terrorist plot that was uncovered down in Kentucky. So this has happened before. You didn't see protests. Uh, I think it's inarguably constitutional, and when you talk to most serious scholars, they would agree The President of the United States, under the Constitution, has a very wide latitude to take measures in the name of national security, and there seems to be very little question uh, that Trump was within his bounds to do this. Uh, What I think is probably fair is that this was not necessarily planned as well as it could have been. Not enough interagency discussion, not enough organization before it came out. So it was a bit of a a mess up, and it looked pretty riotous for a couple of days, which did not help. Um, And I think the other thing worth noting is that President Trump was absolutely within his rights to fire the acting attorney general, who had no real grounds for refusing to defend this in court. Um, She, The only time that she would have been able to have made that case is if she could very clearly have demonstrated it was unconstitutional. Even she did not suggest that was a case. She suggested she was doing this because she thought it was immoral and unjust, and those are not valid reasons for an attorney general to dismiss the president of the United States. Yeah, no, she definitely had to go, although I do think that she's going to get some sweet speaking gigs out of standing up against the Trump monster. That's, that's, that was a part of the calculation I would be willing to wager. Yeah, um, we at the editorial you... page said it was a, a, a perfect audition to be the, the new attorney general nominee for the next Democratic administration. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And, and, and in the meantime, you know, the book advance gets bigger when you stand up to Trump. Um, so you got Chuck Schumer's first fail. Uh, There's a piece up on The Wall Street Journal. The new minority leader is likely to go zero for eight in opposing nominees. This is your piece, Kim. Uh, what's what can we say about Schumer and his his attempts to derail the Trump nomination process so far? Doesn't look like it's going well for him. No, and first of all, that is likely to be the case. There has been some last minute doubt here recently about Betsy DeVos, who's been nominated for the Education Department. We've had two Republican senators who, while uh, DeVos got through committee, 
both Susan Collins of Maine and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska were got to by their unions, uh, who put a lot of pressure on them, and they are now saying they will vote against her on the floor. That still gives Republicans 50 votes, and with Mike Pence, 51, and she would get confirmed. So if there are no further defections, she'll go through. And she seems to be the only one where there is a question at the moment. Rex Tillerson was just confirmed and sworn in. You witnessed Democrats and a whole bunch of temper tantrums this week, refusing to show up boycotting hearings and votes. Republicans chose to play hardball back, for instance, Orrin Hatch at the Senate Finance Committee, uh, simply suspended the rules so that he didn't need a quorum, so that he could vote through Tom Price and also Steve Mnuchin for Treasury. So they're not going to just stand by and, and wait for the Democrats to do this. And in general, Chuck Schumer has been unable uh, to move a single Republican to come over to his side or sow any doubts on any Trump nominees. And this will be a, a modern record set here, Buck, because it's very unusual for a president to get their whole team. I do think that Chuck Schumer has at least tried to, if not lay the groundwork for uh, derailing the uh, Gorsuch nomination, that it, it, he's definitely on record. I saw his tweets the night of the announcement saying things that, uh, well, I'm not sure that he could be you know, a, an impartial justice and just, just taking some, some shots at the record of, of Trump's now Supreme Court nominee. Uh, what what are your expectations for what the Democrats in the Senate are going to try to pull off and, and try to do to somebody who got a lot of Democrat votes back in 2006 from the Senate? And is, you know, what, Harvard Law School is not good enough? Being an appeals court judge, not good enough? What are they going to do? I feel profoundly sorry for a number of Senate Democrats who are about to be, have their heads put in a vice grip. Because what you see happening here is a public will... Uh, to see uh, this president be allowed to put his nominees on the court. Uh, and Neil Gorsuch, an incredibly gifted uh, judicial uh, member of the court, there is no reason, I mean, there is no person in the country who could look at you with a straight face and say that he is not qualified to take his position on the Supreme Court. And that will be the view of many Americans. Yet at the very same time, you have a progressive activist base that just in the past two weeks has ramped itself up and is making clear that any Democrat who does not filibuster this nominee uh, is at risk of a primary. So poor guys like Joe Manchin of West Virginia or Heidi Heitkamp of North Dakota, these are states that Trump won and won big. They are up for re-election in two years' time, and they are between the ultimate rock and a hard space. And you think he's going to get through? He will get through one way or another, and I think it's interesting listening to Mitch McConnell uh, make that statement. You saw the president come out yesterday and egg McConnell on to simply blow up the filibuster, and that was not necessarily helpful, and here's why. Because Mitch McConnell knows that he's got some members of his own uh, party who are reluctant to blow up the filibuster. He needs them to do so. He needs 50 votes to allow him to change the rules and blow up the filibuster. His best shot uh, is letting this process play out, letting the Democrats hang themselves, as it were, um, either getting enough to, in fact, allow a vote to happen up and down on Gorsuch, or if they simply obstruct, 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 
then he's going to have a lot more credibility going to members of his party and getting them to stay behind him to blow up the filibuster than he will if he just preemptively announces it on his own right now. So looks like it's going to be quite a fight. We can expect that much for sure. I also want to ask you, Kim, about this refugee dispute. Speaking of, of fights between Trump and the what is it, the Australian PM? Malcolm I woke up Turnbull, to this, this morning. Yeah. What 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 is? Give her, I haven't even mentioned this yet. So tell everybody the background, and then let's let's talk about what's happening here. Well, we don't know how much of this is true, and it's important to note that these are simply reports that have clearly been leaked. Uh, and for clearly for some purpose. So we're not entirely sure the story, but the story is now is being reported by various news outlets is that in the call Donald Trump had with the Australian prime minister recently, the readout from the White House was that it had been very cordial and friendly. Uh, reporters are now suggesting that, in fact, it had been abrupt, a uh, somewhat ugly exchange in which Donald Trump uh, accused or rather said that the deal that Australia had recently sort of met in terms of uh, housing refugees on an island uh, was a bad deal, that Trump didn't like it, uh, and uh, then he apparently bragged about his electoral results and hung up. Now, we don't know if any of this is the case. Um, again, it's being done through leaks, people who claim to be aware of how the conversation actually rolled um, the White House has not really uh, addressed this as so far as I know. So, but it's uh, it's further suggestion that at least that first week, Mr. Trump maybe was speaking pretty aggressively to some other members and leaders on the phone. How would they know about this? I mean, you're you're in the press. There's got to be what somebody who's at the very top circle of the Trump administration who's going to pass this along, or the Australian PM's office is passing this along. It just seems like. Some of the sourcing on some of these Trump stories that get out there uh, seems questionable to me because oh, it is how would they know? You know, I, I heard today, for instance, uh, all these stories that were reported that the other Supreme Court justice that was, uh, I mean, the other justice that was in the running for the Supreme Court, Hardiman, there were all these reports that he'd been made to come to Washington and that there's been this kind of uh, a very aggressive decision to simply leave him hanging until the moment at which he was not announced. Not true. That is not what happened. He never came to D.C. He was told, uh, I believe, in person by the president. So there's all kinds of rumors and, and stuff floating out there. The only thing I could imagine in terms of this Australian story is that if it is true, perhaps leaked by the Australian prime minister's office with an eye to to putting the new president on the defensive, especially if Donald Trump said something that the Australian prime minister didn't like. It just strikes me as, yet again, another possible moment where we see things we see things reported about, about Donald Trump and about his administration. And to look at them skeptically is, is not to be a Trumper or to be somebody who refuses to grapple with the truth, but I think it's to just see what's happened in the last few months in terms of a lot of the... Uh, reporting from from major papers from major networks that has just been inaccurate or false and to say well okay let's let's wait till we get a little more is this is this different have you ever seen anything like this before my friend charles cook over at national review tweeted out a couple of days ago that it feels now like it's every hour you know and and we're not talking about with a with a, a news story that's wrong and he's and i'm paraphrasing here but he said we're not talking about bloggers we're not talking about random twitter eggs this is 
the New York Times. This is NBC. This is major news outlets. It seems to be getting it wrong over and over, always in the same direction against Trump. Sorry. Well, that's what you just said is what strikes me is it's the nature of the mistakes. It's not necessarily the volume. You could have turned at any point to the Wall Street Journal on the inside page of the New York Times and people misspell names. They get numbers wrong. Mistakes happen in newspapers, although everyone should wish that they didn't. What's notable about all of these is that they all begin from the presumption that the Trump administration has done something wrong or evil or nasty or terrible. Uh, and by making those guesses or assumptions, just assuming the worst, uh, they end up getting the story wrong. And that ought to be a real warning lesson to everyone in the press. The Obviously, the the best example of that is, of course, the, the incorrect story about the Martin Luther King bust in the White House. A, a reporter stepped in. He didn't immediately have seen it, seen it and his first thought was that Donald Trump, the, the quote-unquote racist, must have removed that bust from the White House. And, and those are the kind of faulty assumptions that are getting the press into the trouble they're getting into. Kim Strassel is the author of The Intimidation Game, How the Left is Silencing Free Speech. She is also a Wall Street Journal editorial columnist. You can read her latest at wallstreetjournal.com. Kim, great to have you. Thank you so much for calling in. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Feel better. Thank you. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 